friends. You know, last week we tried our damnedest to record a flight, but the universe just didn't want to let it happen. I was in pain, Quig's audio didn't work, just the universe said no flight this week, and that's what ended up happening. And when you get mad like that, it, it's, it puts you in the mood to maybe break some stuff. Break your fucking face tonight. A real Fred Durst mood right there. Which is just in time for the Philadelphia Fred Durst party coming up later this month on the Mooshaloo. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Fred Durst party. And I can't make it. I can't wear my backwards red baseball cap to the Fred Durst party. I am so upset about this. Fred Durst, friend of the show, big time friend of the show. Um, he like it, it's it really is kind of a crime that the one time there's like a Fred Durst like party happening in Philadelphia. We can't go. Like, you can't go because you're busy. I can't go because I don't live in Philadelphia. I guess I could go up there, but, like, I'm like, sorry. I'm not, Fred Durst. I'm not driving up four hours for Fred fucking Durst. That's not quite part of my plans here. So This is from a, a Philly Voice article. It says, The Limp Biscuit frontman is hosting Freddie D's House Party of Horrors aboard the Moshaloo, which is a historic boat docked at Penn's Landing on Saturday, October 22nd from 10 p.m. until 2 a.m. Attendees must be at least 21 years old, and tickets are on sale now starting at $40. So... $40? $40? That's a deal to hang out with Freddie D himself, Fred Durst, oh, the Durst man. man. You can... You could sing Faith, you could sing Rollin', and, you know, those are the good ones, right? Break stuff. Kurt Vile is coming Nookie. to Richmond, and his tickets are $25, and he's actually got talent. Yeah, Kurt Vile's great, and he's local guy. No. <laughs> but, like, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm t- I, I'm, if, I was, if I didn't have plans already, and I'm going to get to my plans in a second because this is certainly some plans i have but the if i didn't have plans i probably would entertain going and record a live podcast outside with kelly hinkle or something yeah because this get fred be durst hilarious. to join get fred durst to join. if i could get fred durst on flight in his backwards hat i don't even know if he wears the backwards hat anymore. <laughs> he has to uh we're gonna get to that too he's got that look now but he you know if i could get him on that would be, I don't know if it'd be a dream, but it certainly would be an accomplishment for this podcast. Have we ever had like a, uh, a celebrity appearance on Flype? The, the closest uh, thing I can We had a lot of guests before it was Flype, back on the Flyers Faithful podcast and yeah. the short-lived uh, Flyer Delphia, but whatever. I don't, I don't remember oh, those times yeah. very well. I try not to think about that era of my podcast career, but the <laughs> we had a lot of guests back in the day. Talked to JJ, we talked to Keith Primo, talked to uh, Brian Prop, uh, Brian Boucher. A lot of good guests back okay, in the day. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, my soul got destroyed, and then I started fly purple. <laughs> So that doesn't seem like a coincidence. And no, uh, I've not gotten a big guest on flight proper. Well, well, listen, listen, JJ's awesome. Keith Primo. I mean, 
those guys are some that that's imp- incredible. But that they're not Fred Durst. They're not Fred Durst. I, no if I could get Guy Fieri or Fred Durst on the podcast, either one of them, or uh, you know, I'm sure some of the other flight ball stars John are Taffer. out there. John, John Taffer. Taffer. Dude, I'll be John, honest with you. Well, you know, he likes hockey. We John Taffer hockey. would get on the pod. I yeah. really think he would because I remember I tweeted at him one day and he responded. <laughs> so like, <laughs> shut if, it down. If, if I said, "Hey, John, buddy, want to join our? Uh, want to come on? Want to guest on our podcast?" I am. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm like twenty three percent sure he would be like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, I'll totally do it." I love talking hockey. And food. I've interviewed most of the great Flyers names, like you know, back at the event we did the other year, the Snyder Hockey event. I interviewed Bernie Perrant, Kimo Timo, Chris Vandevelde. Uh, not Chris Vandevelde, sadly. I did. It's a get, great Flyers name. There, there is that moment for anybody who did listen to that podcast. I feel like we just need to release this for free at some point. I have the recording somewhere, <laughs> but there, the the fact that Craig went up and asked both, he asked all three of them: Danny Briere, Scott Hartnell, and Kimo Timo. Who would win in a fight between the three of them? And that's just one of the greatest, like, sagas throughout the night. And Hartnell, he got getting off the ice, like, in full hockey gear. And it's a, a hilarious picture to this day. And uh, Briere, I did a full sit-down. Briere and Timonen, I did a full sit-down interview with for a few minutes. But uh, Hartnell, it's like this one-minute snippet while he's coming off the ice. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from, uh, from Hartsey. No, absolutely not. But no, like I, I've talked to the Flyers. I have greater aspirations. That's not to say if there's any Flyers inexplicably listening to this program that want to come on, by all means, come on, please come on. But what flyers, that said, Flyers. So I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> you. I want to know what the rest of your thought is. But the my aspirations are much higher for the weirdest guests possible on our kind of hockey podcast. Well, that's our brand. That's just weird, unhinged. Unhinged. That's yeah. how I like to think about my life is unhinged. I mean, I do put a, a rat logo on my podcast and have this sitting on my desk at my corporate job, <laughs> the podcast uh, business card. So, you know, I am a little unhinged. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, branding, baby. Branding. Um, what Flyers players do you think might listen to this show? Oh, my God. I don't even want to think about I, that. I wouldn't be shocked if a couple of them listened to the flagship show, BSH Radio. Sure. It's a normal show that uh, occasionally <laughs> gets weird, as opposed to this show that's always weird and occasionally is normal. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if a couple Flyers players listen to BSH Radio, then like when they finish that episode, maybe they're like, I don't know not directly next to their computer or their phone or whatever. Oh, yeah. And like, the autoplay's gotten everybody. Autoplay's to fly purpley. I bet they're fans. I bet there's a couple fans on the Flyers right now. I don't know who, but if I had to hmm. guess, I would not be shocked if Travis Konechny listens. TK, the original jerk store. I would love if he was the one that listened. I, love I would love that, I'm too. I'm all about that, yeah. The jerk store's all-time bestseller, Travis Konechny. Please, come on, Flame. I, just, uh, I feel like he I feel like he is weird enough that he would like kind of relate to this podcast a little bit. Like Maybe not totally, but... Maybe Scooty Lutz, Scott Lawton. Scooty Lutz. I f- yeah, that's actually really because I know he has like a great sense of humor. So like he has a great sense of humor, and the man is a secret serial killer. So those two things. I hope he sees every Patrick Bateman gif I put up there for his goal. Yeah, every one of them. I love 
posting a Patrick Bateman gif for a Scott Lawton goal. Those are pretty much my only guess. Maybe JVR, but I can't really think of. Oh, I don't think JVR. No, I don't think JVR. He's got kids to take care of. A lot of people with kids listen to this in the sly. Can't listen to this in front of your children because it's very fucking explicit. Honestly, like I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Kevin Hayes listens, but like, why listen to us when he's such a you know the other website? He's got a lot of they they do a lot of podcasting on the other website. Yeah, so like he's got plenty of content there. It just so happens that he's listening to the worst website. Our website is better. Why would you? Why would you listen to other content when you can hear me? You know, do things on a donkey sauce scale. I can tell you, brainworms, Steve. Brainworms are. Kelly asked me, I think yesterday. She's like, Steve, how do you come up with these things? And I said, I have brain damage, Kelly. That's why. That's how I come up with these things. But I, I wanted to circle back to Mr. Durst real quick because I can't attend the event. And I can't attend the event because I have already made plans to go to the Renaissance Fair that day, which is, I think, the complete opposite of Freddie D's House of Horrors or whatever it's called. Slightly different. Slightly different. So there is a solution, though. I can celebrate both things. And that, the solution to this is I go to the Renaissance Fair dressed as Fred Durst. <laughs> khakis white shirt red backwards cap what could go wrong um little goatee on like your chin soul patch the little soul patch i thought the soul patch was the thing that's like right beneath your lower lip yeah yeah i guess he did have a little tiny goatee he had like a little thing like right on his chin oh my god i think a little charlie chaplin on the chin yeah I actually think if I shaved that much, I wouldn't have any hair that grows. Because I think that's like the one spot on my chin that doesn't grow hair is the very, very center. It's very strange. Dude, I can grow. Like, I kind of hate this because like. Well, and also I don't, I can't really connect my my mustache to my beard at this point. But, you know, eventually, probably when I'm 80 years old, it'll work out. (laughs) Live to 80. That's. (laughs) I have a great, I can grow an awesome soul patch. But like, I don't, I don't want a soul patch. So no, it's, like, it's the year 2022. Yeah. I mean, I can do whatever the hell I want, but. You can, that's true. No, if, you're as right. long he as you does... own it, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. No, he does have a little, yeah, he's got the soul patch that connects down and it's like a little, it looks like a little like wine glass. <laughs> oh my God. God. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I, I go around the Renaissance Fair, people are, you know. Uh, selling turkey legs and i'm just going like move in now move out (laughs) oh man wow all right well it sounds like this needs to be documented at the The joust is going on and i'm just sitting there going keep rolling 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 (laughs) what god what a weird band and i i think people don't get confused here that I like Limp Bizkit. I was never into Limp Bizkit. I liked my share of new metal. Don't get me wrong. But Limp Bizkit was never really my jam. But I find them fascinating. And the fact that this was one of the biggest bands in the world at one point in my lifetime is still wild to me. They are most certainly fascinating. Similarly to how um, a cordyceps fungus is fascinating. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> like, the one that infects mankind in The Last of Us. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Like, it's very... I can't talk about The Last of Us. I'm just going to start crying in the middle of the podcast if I talk about the most emotionally devastating video game I have ever played. I have to say this. I'm going to get dunked on. I don't care. So, 
I'm gonna. All right. Behind Blue Eyes is a very good cover. Oh no, I oh. really think it is. Thank I you. I truly enjoy their version of Behind Blue Eyes. As somebody who's a huge fan of the Who, this really hurts me. Don't get me wrong, the OG, I mean, like, nothing beats the OG, but I think their cover is really good. Mm. I don't know why. I can't I'm sure there's other people. I actually have heard that opinion before. I'm not one of that opinion, but I've heard that opinion before. You're not alone on that front. It is the real motherfucking deal, y'all. Let me say this. According to some people. Their cover of Behind Blue Eyes is like Michelangelo art. Compared to Weezer's cover of Africa by Toto. Can Weezer just stop? They need to And stop. I don't even talk about covers. They just need to stop. I, they because used to this be good. A, they, yes, they had... Their, their first few albums are great. And then they made yeah. Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Yeah. But even on that album, like, there were a couple good songs. A couple that good would, songs. I feel like they needed to stop after the Red album. When they yeah. had Pork and Beans. I was like, all right, this is, like, it's, perfect... You know, to end here. This like, is just this, it. Just stop. Just, yeah. Just, like, this is officially not good. And I think that, because wasn't the Red Album, wasn't that wasn't the one after that Ratitude with the dog yeah, jumping? The dog, that like, jumping over a couch. terrible. I remember I bought that and I said, this is absolutely horrible. Yeah. I will say, they came out with an album, um, I can't even remember what it's called, but there were, like, a couple decent songs on it. I think it was, like, 2012 or something they released it, but, like, Still not good. Like, the decent songs on there weren't even that decent. But they were like, okay, yeah, like, if this came on the radio, I, I don't think I would rush to change the channel. But, um, yeah, it's, they just, they gotta stop. And I They gotta stop. Yeah. I used to love them so much, and now they're just so cringe. Like, it's great. I don't even want to listen to their old stuff now, because I'm like, fuck. If someone hears me listening to this, I'm going to get, ro- <laughs> just, it's going to be nah. fatal. If you listen, if you listen to Buddy Holly, nobody's gonna give you shit, or you know, say it ain't so. Like there's, there's some amazing songs yeah. back in the Undone, day yeah, Undone. Undone's great. Uh, you know, I love the entire entire second album is fantastic. I love El Scorcho. El Scorcho yeah, is fantastic. I have a great memory of just sitting outside at a, a bar in media back when I was crashing on my buddy's couch down there and just drunkenly singing El Scorcho. Just with no music playing with a bunch of people on the street, like, you know, we're sitting outside of the bar and it was just a a great time right there. But yeah, I miss that Weezer and the current Weezer is uh, garbage, but they're not having a second act like Mr. Fred Durst, apparently, who has directed a movie in the past decade, a terrible movie from what I've heard with John Travolta (laughs) in kind of a doofus Rick haircut. And apparently he's going to act in an A24 horror movie uh, coming out within the next year or two. Uh, it's called I Saw the TV Glow. And he also is rocking, I put this in the notes and I'll probably tweet this picture later, but a very Beastie Boys sabotage look with like shaggy red hair or shaggy gray hair and like red aviators and like a, a Texas style mustache or Hulk Hogan mustache. Oh, the uh, the horseshoe. Is that what that's horseshoe called, the horseshoe? I, so some people call, call it a handlebar, but I always thought the handlebar was like the 1800s thing where it kind of curls into a little spiral. I believe that is the definition of the handlebar, at yeah. least my understanding. But I think this is the horseshoe stash. Yeah, I always think of this as Hulk Hogan style, so I think horseshoe is a better name for it right there. Yeah. So, okay, so you brought up bad movies. I have to, I don't think I put this in the sheet here, but like I have to bring this up. 
Oh, wow. There is a movie coming out in December. A Christmas movie. <laughs> Did starring, I write it? Starring it coming David out on Har- Lifetime? Starring David Harbour, a.k.a. Hopper, from Stranger Things. And he plays Santa Claus. And the name of the movie is Violent Night. Oh, baby. There and in the, in the theatrical poster, it says, Violent Night. You better watch out. Oh, my God. And I kind of love it, and I kind of hate it. It's a, it's, it's a love-hate thing right there. So here's the description. When a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family on Christmas Eve, Santa Claus <laughs> must step in to save the day. I, that just... I'm going to see that it comes out on December 2nd. I'm going to be... You know where I'm going to be on December 2nd, Steve? <laughs> You're gonna be fr- not front row. You're gonna be theater. dead center in the middle of the theater for this. Oh, I'm gonna be at the top. Is that is the that top. your preferred the top? I always go to the top. Yeah, I like the top too. I'm a big fan. As long as I'm in the middle, I gotta be in the middle. I yeah, hate. Have you I ever like been in a theater where they don't have like middle seats? Like they just have like two sets of seats, and the middle is the aisle. Yeah, it's crazy. It drives me insane. I saw uncut gems in a theater like that, and I I was not happy. Yeah, I, I, that just drives me crazy. It's like, because when you're sitting too far to like either side, it's almost as bad as being like front row, just like staring directly up, you know? Yeah. And that's not it. It's not it. That ain't it right there. So that reminds me of there's a, and I think you can leave, or I think you should leave sketch where it's one of the weirder and that's saying a lot for i think you should leave which is one of the weirdest sketch comedy shows of all time but it's one of the weirder sketches on the entire show where the premise of this one is essentially that like santa claus is not only a real guy but has decided that he wants to be an actor and he refuses to talk about his santa claus career when he does his interviews for the acting (laughs) and then he's also like talking about like my favorite part of that one is where he goes uh he goes well you know what that is that's my quote two million dollars and my quote means that I could do a bad job and I still got to get paid. <laughs> and it just keeps going on about that. It's a bizarre sketch. But essentially, it's that Santa Claus is like an action movie star in this uh, detect- Detective Crashmore, I think he's called. It's a very weird one. So it's almost like they saw that and they said, well, why can't Santa Claus be an action movie star? And it's David Harbour. It has to, like the fact that it's David Harbour is so funny to me. And like, because David Harbour is such a good act. Like, he's great as Hopper in Stranger Things. David Harbour is one of those guys who I, I truly respect where they just know I've got a shining moment to make some goddamn money right here. And <sighs> yeah. I'm going to make my goddamn money. You want me to be Hellboy in your shitty Hellboy movie? Done. You want me to be the overweight uh, Russian Captain America and Black Widow? Done. And he's great in that, by the way. And he always has a blast in everything he does. He leans into it in a very, like, Christopher Walken type way, where he just leans into anything he's doing. Or Nick Cage. Yeah. They're 100% goddamn in on these things. Yeah. it's. I mean, that's more power to him. Like, that's such an awesome... God, I wish I was in that position, because then I could just, like... I don't know. He's doing literally just what he wants to do, and that seems like a really fun thing in specifically that kind of line of work, you know? So, like, I, I feel like a lot of actors are like, ah, I shouldn't do this movie. It's not very me. And then he's just like, fuck it, I'll do it. Fuck it. You got a check? All right. Is it fun? Sure. Yeah. And so he, he's I, a good actor on top of all that. So, no, a huge props to David Harbour. I love David Harbour. I, I just can't wait for that movie. I haven't, like, listen, I don't see, 
I haven't seen a movie in theater. Well, no, I saw a couple movies in theaters this summer, but like I haven't seen a movie that I like actually really, really, really wanted to see in years. And this is the first one. And I know it's not going to be good, but I don't care. <laughs> That's not why I'm seeing it. <laughs> I'm seeing it because it's going to be fucking fun. Yeah. And that's, well, that's the best part of going to the movies. It's the fun. Yeah. One of my favorite movie memories to this day is goddamn Snakes on a Plane. I oh. saw that at, I saw that at midnight. Okay. I saw that <laughs> at a midnight showing as soon as it came out. And it was one of the funnest times I had in a movie theater. People were throwing rubber snakes in the crowd and making hissing noises and shit. <laughs> it was fantastic. I think the most fun I ever had in a theater was going to the midnight premiere of um, Django Unchained. Like that was just out of control. The entire theater, literally, it was, it was, if it wasn't sold out, there must've been like three seats that weren't filled. Like it was packed and like people were screaming and people were laughing at all the funny scenes and like people were like the part where, I mean, I guess this is a spoiler, but not really. And besides this movie, the movie has been out for like, I don't know what, 10 years at this point. Yeah. The, the, the scene where, like Tupac's like, am I wrong if I want to get it on till I die? And then like he's just shooting everybody, killing everyone like a massacre. Like everyone was like, yeah, losing their minds in the theater. It was so much fun. I will oh, never I, forget that. I night. love that atmosphere. I love the like opening night when the crowd's super into it atmosphere. It is yeah. so much fun. Like I saw, um, I saw the last Spider Man opening night at uh, what one of the bigger theaters in Philadelphia and the crowd was super into it and just laughing and cheering. And it was just a blast. I just, I, I love that kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I wish I could, see, I, I kind of want to go to more of those weird midnight showings, like the room and stuff like that to get that raucous atmosphere because it's, it's really fun. And it's, uh, it's something that I don't know. It, it's very unique and uh, it, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. No, there's a theater in Richmond that's super old and apparently haunted, but the ghosts didn't like come out when I taunted them. So I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's haunted. But uh, so me and a friend went to see, uh, they were playing Pulp Fiction one night and like, it, like whenever they do like re-showings or whatever, um, like it, it draws a ton of people, especially when it's a big movie, like, like, uh, Pulp Fiction. And so yeah. we went and like, it was, I mean, yeah, it's from 94, but the the theater was really filled and people were laughing and having fun. And it was like, man, I forgot how much fun this movie is, you know? And so because well, it's, it's almost more fun, too, with a movie you've seen before where, you know, you're not really spoiling anything by laughing at times or, right, yeah. you know, cheering or clapping. Like you're not missing lines by doing that because you've seen the movie. Like yeah. you're seeing it for the first time like that. I mean, that's also fun, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. But, it's when you've already seen it and you're just going to relive the stuff you love with other people. It's, it's a really cool, special feeling. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it really, it kind of rekindles your love for that movie, you know? So yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. And I don't think anybody has ever said it better than Harry Styles, who recently said about movies, you know, my favorite thing about the movie is like, it feels like a movie. It feels like a real, like, you know, go to the theater film movie. You must experience cinema in a like. 
just a real rambly quote from Harry Styles during the the press for his uh, latest movie that has been a, a disaster, the Don't Worry Darling uh, controversies that have been going on. And the funniest thing about that quote is Chris Pine is next to him. And I saw somebody describe it as you can see Chris Pine's soul leave his body hearing <laughs> Harry Styles talk about movies. He clearly must have been under the influence or something like Chris Pine looked high as shit. Yeah. Have you seen that? Speaking of uh, like movie stars high, have you seen the interview with Paul Rudd and Jason Segel for um, I Love You, Man? I probably have seen that, but it's been a while since I saw it. Been a while. They are absolutely zonked. In this interview, and it's the funniest interview I've ever seen in my entire life. It is, I think about it every day. If you're, all right, if you're listening and you have not seen that interview with Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel for I Love You, Man, you have to watch it, like, right now. It's, like, pause this and go watch it. It's the funniest thing ever. Do it now. Do it now. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. I could just talk like Arnold all day. This is a dangerous path to go down right here. Yeah. <laughs> my my cousins, like, worship Arnold. So if, oh, I like, worship Arnold. If I used to hold this, a, they're going to be like, oh, my God. I used to hold an Arnold fest at my, well, it was either my friend's house or my house every year. We'd watch, like, three different Arnold movies, and it was always a good time. Sounds awesome. The greatest Arnold line to this day is still uh, the one that makes the least sense from The Running Man, where he takes out the uh, hockey-themed... So I forget, I think they're called stalkers or something, but essentially the premise of the running mad is you are on this game show and it's got different areas where these guys try to kill you and they're all kind of themed. So the one guy was called sub zero, not has nothing to do with mortal Kombat. nothing. He's actually like a goaltender, like a pudgy goaltender <laughs> with like a, uh, I believe a razor hockey blade or something. And when Arnold kills him in the running man, which I, I recommend seeing immediately because all the one-liners in The Running Man are gold. But he goes, Sub-Zero, now just plain zero. <laughs> wow. That's almost as good as in uh, Batman Forever. Is that the one he's in? Ch- uh, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yeah, that's right. When he's Chill just out. Like, uh, Chill. It's just all ice puns. I've, I talked about this with uh, when Eamon was on. Uh, we talked about a little bit of the ice puns right there. And all the ice puns. Just watch the ice pun compilation. You don't need to watch all Batman and Robin. Just watch the ice pun no, yeah. compilation. And that'll be worth your while right there. No, he's, he's got all the great ones. And the running man's full of all the best ones. Because it's got like, hey, buzzsaw, cut it out. And then he chops <laughs> him with his own buzzsaw. God, Arnold, man. Or, or uh, Commando. Commando when he... He kills the guy with the steam pipe, and he goes, let off some steam. He's 75 years old. It looks fantastic. He looks so good. I, co- I totally You know, you might have heard this, but he works out. I <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. That's wild. He, wor- he works out to a historic level that was documented in the 80s. <laughs> yes. I, I completely forgot he was the governor of California. How did that happen? <laughs> you know who hasn't forgotten that? The people of California. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're still yeah. thinking about it every day. They're, they think, I think, I, if I was a resident of California, I would take five minutes every day and think, oh my God, Arnold Schwarzenegger was our governor. Was he? Oh, he was a Republican. Okay. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Like, he's one of those guys who came over to the United States in the 80s and 
was such a positive experience for him. And that's, you know, that was like Reaganomics, like the peak of that and everything. And he was like, yes, I am in. But he's one of the few people who has spoken out against like, uh, you know, some of the insidious things we've seen in uh, recent years. So, uh, you know. Not to get too much in the politics on Arnold Schwarzenegger because yeah. no, he's Arnold no, like, fucking Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he's just he doesn't like, seem. He's a pun machine right there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he he, he's like a, a guy who's actually seen literal Nazis, so he's you know he knows how exactly. What like he doesn't Nazis strike like. me as a a full on like you know like stereotypical like what people think of when they think of like like he doesn't strike me as a Trumper or anything like that. He's just yeah yeah. So I don't know. He, he's seen literal Nazis, so he knows. Uh, he knows what's up. He's too busy thinking about his stogies before anything else. Stogies, baby. The man loves his stogies. He, he just uh, constantly smoking cigars right there. Now, we know who would win in a fight between Arnold Schwarzenegger and an alligator, because we saw that in the film Eraser. But who would win in a fight between an NHL player and an alligator? Because apparently... <laughs> Apparently, the NHL wants to find out at the 2023 All-Star All Outdoor event in Florida. So the alligator is winning every time. I can't help but think of that. <laughs> what if they, that... But, okay, but if it's on ice, the player can presumably skate much, much faster than the alligator can kind of navigate around the ice on its That's feet. That's true. And then they could also just, like, jump on the alligator and, like, cut it open with their skate blades. Wow. That's uh, be gory. quite an impressive. But alligators aren't tall. All you have to do is jump like seven inches. <laughs> like they only, they only come like seven or eight inches off the ground. Like are they? They, they are very low to the ground. That's for sure. Well, but they can be guess... deceptively quick, though. So you yeah, gotta be, they are. Uh, they look very slow, and then all of a sudden they bite your leg off. Have you seen the meme of? Uh, <laughs> Um, where it's like, there's like an alligator on a basketball court and it's like an alligator on the court. Gotta be honest, he's playing some good defense. <laughs> and like, I don't know why, but like, I've been thinking of that all day since I saw this, this bizarre plan by the NHL. So are there more details on the plan here? Because like, what is the plan to get the alligators on the ice? Because I'm into it. This sounds like the innovation we've been craving in the NHL for such a long time. So here's what I'm seeing. So the 2023 NHL All-Star Game is scheduled to take place in Florida. Lee is really thinking outside the box in terms of how it's going to mix in some local flair. One idea is being kicked around and it's alligators. So this is on um, Elliot Friedman's on the uh, 32 Thoughts podcast. And they say, quote, we've got a couple extremely unique ideas. One is a work in progress that if we pull it off, I think our fans will talk about it for a long time. It involves something that is very Florida, something that is that area, but not beach necessarily. This is how you end up with chubs from Happy Gilmore right here, getting these alligators involved. And then Gator's going to take, I don't know, Brad Marchand's hand. And then Brad Marchand's going to take the Gator's eye. And then we're going to have stories for years and years about this. So let's do it. Okay, so they didn't offer specifics, but Elliot Friedman suggested the idea of shooting pucks into the alligators' mouths. I'm assuming we're not talking about real gators here because that's where uh, you get basically PETA shuts down your entire organization. Let's do it. 
Let's do shut it. down the NHL. Have Peter shut down the NHL challenge. Dude, you know what? You know what? We. I don't care. Let's do it. I think that this has is TBA really needs. just put your just your love of the game that perilous right there. Where you're just like, I don't care. The Flyers are dead to me. Like, let's do something just wild and just see what happens. I mean, the, the NHL. Listen, if the NHL wants to draw in more eyeballs. That's how you do it. You need to get some hockey players amputated by an alligator on live TV. They could also go in the direction where they put a bunch of robo-gators out there, but then it ends up like Horizon Zero Dawn, and then the alligators are eating the players anyway. <laughs> yeah, that would be very funny. That would be... I actually think that's almost the funnier scenario here, a real Westworld-type scenario. We're like, look how realistic these alligators are. You can do anything to them. Oh my god, my hand! <laughs> Honestly, I think what they'll probably do is like, you know how during the Winter Classic they have like, um, like, like another little rink for like kids to skate around in while like the game's going on? Yeah. Like, they'll probably make a little pool for alligators and that'll be like what they're there for. And like, they can't escape. Absolute disaster. Uh, Yeah, that's what they always say. (laughs) How many Jurassic Park movies have had that concept at this point? Yeah. No, Life I, I finds a way, Ryan. Life finds a way. I cannot wait because I know something's going to go wrong and it's going to be really funny. Is anyone going to get hurt? Probably not because I feel like they're going to at least have the foresight to be like, okay, we should have like an alligator handler there in case one of them escapes. But like, God, I would love it if like Phil Kessel is just like sticking his hand into the alligator thing. And one of them kind of snaps at him, you know, like he tries to feed it a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. One for me, one for you. It would be so perfect. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for. It's, I I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but like, I do want to see the threat of someone getting hurt. I'll say that. You want the threat of violence. Yeah. All-star game. Yeah. It would be the most interesting all-star game of all time. Easily. I want someone to be like inches away from getting bitten by an alligator. I don't want it to actually happen, but I want there to be a holy shit moment that goes viral on Twitter and everyone's like, wow, can't believe Phil Kessel almost got chomped. I'm just imagining that the NHL invites like one of their five musical guests that are willing to degrade themselves to play the NHL all-star game back. And like Kid Rock comes back and he's performing on top of an alligator. And then, oh God, what happened to Kid Rock? The entire bull is just red. Kid Rock, Imagine Dragons, um, Mount Joy. Isn't that that band that every hockey player likes for no reason? I don't know what the fuck that is. Is that never... a place in New Jersey that people drive to for medical procedures? <laughs> I've never listened to them. I feel like they're probably in like an NHL game or something. Train? How can we forget about Train and one of oh, the worst man. musical performances I've ever seen at the Flyers-Penguins outdoor game? Oh, Green Day. Surely they'll bring Green Day back. They, I don't want Green Day to get killed by alligators. I actually like Green Day. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, like, I'm just thinking of the time they used profanities. That was good. Game. It was awesome. That's actually that was Green so Day Green Day, play. too. Oh, yeah. No, Green Day should play every All-Star game and, and just curse it up. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I guess really do get some of the... I, what was it? Uh, was it Keith Urban at the outdoor game I went to with the Flyers and Penguins at the link? I think it was Keith I Urban. Can't... I th- so I don't know why, but I never imagine I never like whenever I think of Keith Urban, I just think of him for specifically NFL stuff because the NFL loves Keith Urban too. Um, right. I don't know. I think of him just being person. Nicole Kidman's husband. 
I don't know a single person who listens to Keith Urban. Like, no, where where either. are they? Right. It's, it's not like, like it's not like with like a, a Toby Keith's like racist ass where it's like the entire parking lot is just full of people pretending to be like country fans for the day. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of like, um, is he racist? Am I just making that up? Toby Keith? Yeah. I mean, he's a country singer, so I'd venture to say yes. I don't you know. know if, if I'm wrong, it's a parody, but I also don't care. So Keith Urban to me is a lot like the show American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> it's everywhere, but I don't know who's consuming the product. Oh, I don't know. See, I know. I know who's consuming American Ninja Warrior, and it's people high in the middle of the day. So, like, I've never met someone who's like, oh, man, I love American Ninja Warrior. Like, I watch yes, it every episode. I've met people who are very high in the middle of the day and will sit there just watching American Ninja Warrior on TV for hours. But are they watching American Ninja Warrior, or are they just watching anything? Like, uh, are they accidentally that. watching You that? know, You know the answer to that. Yeah, like... I feel like it is the, the ultimate. I am just browsing on my phone and I want something on the TV show right yeah. there. I feel like 99% of the quote unquote people who watch American Ninja Warrior are just like the TVs on at any gym. Cause they always have American Ninja Warrior on like on loop at oh yeah any fitness center in the United States. It's American Ninja Warrior, CNN and like, TNT showing a random movie like Suicide Squad or something. Yeah. Yeah. And now a word for our sponsor, American Ninja Warrior. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> My pillow. Oh, God. Not like this. <laughs> no way. Mike Lindell here for my pillow. I'm completely unhinged. And I've come on the most unhinged podcast of them all, Fly Perbole. And let me tell you, you have rights. And pillows have rights. Please stop, sir. You're God, he every, sounds like he sounds like you. Saul Goodman. Hi, he I'm Saul of, Goodman. Did you know it, that you have rights? It, Constitution a, says you do. It, it's a very similar sale. Yeah. Selling style right there. Except one of those men know that they're a charlatan and the other one's absolutely insane. Yes. <laughs> like, the, the, I, I, Lindell, of all the people in, I don't want to talk about Trump, but of all the people in that, the Trump sphere there, and I'm talking about Rudy Giuliani, I'm talking about Steve Bannon, Lindell might actually be the most legitimately crazy person of all of them. And that's some crazy goddamn people. I do know that he had one commercial where he was like, they tried to cancel me. And it's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's a commercial that he airs on like the most random TV network you can think of at like two in the morning. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's like, they're oh trying to cancel God. me. I'm like, sir, this is a Wendy's. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, who? Would you just, like a Frosty or yeah, I'm like, not buying your $60 pillow. No, sir. Yeah, absolutely no, not. I'm good. Oh my God. What a nightmare. What an absolute nightmare. There is one other funny thing that I want to touch on is like, all right. So this happened a I few like days that, ago. Can, can I mention, by the way, we we're, we're like 50 minutes into this and we, we've barely talked about the Philadelphia Flyers. Good. Good. That's how it should be. They haven't earned our attention. No, no they, they don't deserve to be talked about. Right this is now. my favorite kind of show where we don't talk about the Flyers. I know. <laughs> like oh this God. is what they get this is what they get <laughs> but so, okay so this happened a few days ago Jameis winston 
now friend of the show, I would say, did an mm, interview. I wouldn't say that. No, nah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot of, of all of his crimes. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing reading right there. I totally uh, forgot about that. But you know what? He is He's a guy that we do like to make fun of on the show because he can't yeah. see and his job is to throw a football. Yeah, and the, the crab legs thing is still so funny to me. What's but, the um, crab legs thing? He stole like a fuckload of crab legs at Publix when he was in college. <laughs> My God. Like, he, oh like, and you know at the time, like, I know you can't make money off your likeness, but, like, everybody does. I feel like if you're a huge big-name football player at any college. And so he could have afforded to just buy the crab legs, but he just didn't. He just stole them. Um, but, all right, so he did an interview recently, or a press conference thing, where he was just blown away by human anatomy and... He like he sounded just like Ilya Brzgalov talking about the universe. So basically, someone asked him a question about, I guess, like how he's feeling or whatever. I don't know. And then he just said, quote, our body is so symmetrical. You got your wrists. And what are your wrists on the bottom half? Your ankles. And you got your shoulders up top. What are your shoulders? Your hips. You got your elbows. What are your elbows? Your knees. So it's all symmetrical. Ankles, knees, and toes. Knees and toes. Yeah. What? Like, did he just learn about the human body? Did he just <laughs> get, I don't know, anatomy 101 lessons? The way he Is was he talking high? about it. The way he was talking Is about it. Is he watching too, he... American Ninja Warrior on his couch right now? <laughs> he could be. He very well could be. Like, just the way he was talking about it, he was so... Like absolutely just blown away at. I watched the clip. It's like when a very small child learns something at school and needs to tell you about it, and they're just amazed by this. Yeah, like when like his reaction to this is like telling a kid about Halloween for the first time. It's like, wait, we dress up like like Buzz Lightyear. And we go, and and people just give us candy. And sometimes full candy bars, and they compliment us, and it's just, like, really fun and nice. That's that's the vibe I got from... Yeah. Oh, it is total young child amazement right there. Yeah. Which I respect. I do respect it. I do respect that. Very, very funny and bizarre as well. Yes. Absolutely bizarre. I, I really consider that right up there with the Harry Styles movie quote where, you know, again, movies are the movies. <laughs> hey, Harry, whatever you say, bud, can you please just go back to making music? Because you're not you're not doing good at the old acting thing. He was OK in Dunkirk, but he also said like five words the whole movie. Yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's not. I don't know. I haven't seen the last two movies he put out, but. I have not heard the greatest things about his performances in said movies. Yeah. No, I, I don't see movies anyway, unless I'm they're Tarantino or uh, violent night. So <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of movies. So I'm going to run afoul of this at some point and I'll have a full uh, grumpy old band yells at cloud report for everybody. Hell yes. <laughs> Steve, Should- I hate. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, well, what was your... I'm now curious about what your transition is, because I had a transition, but what's your transition? Oh, so we both had a transition for this. Okay, so I was just going to say, Steve, I regret to inform you that it's probably time we mentioned Flyers things. 
Ah, and mine was going to be, speaking of grumpy old men yelling at clouds, let's talk about John Tortorella's recent comments on Sirius Radio. <laughs> That's perfect. That's actually a very, much better transition than mine. My segment well, you know. I mean, yours was the hard pivot, and mine was, you know, a little bit of a gentle caress. But hey, whatever, yeah. we're, we're here, and it's time to talk about John Tortorella, and this is just paraphrasing, but he, and I'm sure they've talked about this a bunch in the past, like, week and a half, but you know what, it's our turn to talk about this, and we talked about it last week, but that audio no longer exists. So, here's a paraphrasing of Tort's comments. He said, I'm in no rush to name a captain. As far as the room, I have major concerns about the room. I spent some time in the office talking to players, talking to personnel, talking to Chuck, and I have major concerns about what is going on in there. Well, of course, if you talk to Charlie O'Connor, you're going to have major concerns about this, Torts. Come on. <laughs> no, he's talking about Chuck Fletcher, Chucky no trades, as we all, Chucky, Chucky uh, shit trades, whatever we want to call him these day. Yeah. Ch- Chucky poo trades. Oh my God, it's been oh! there the whole time. It's fucking been there the whole time. And I'm sitting here, oh, bad trade. No, just it's Chucky it. Poo Trades. God damn it. Oh. Chucky Poo Poo Trades. No, it's just Poo Trades. Chucky Poo, poo trades. trades. Yeah. Bad. Bad, bad trades. Wow, bad I can't trades. believe we let that just go right wow. over our heads for all these months. All these months. It's been right there. But at least we have the few months he has remaining, hopefully, as GM of the Flyers to call him this. So Chucky Poo Trades was one of the guys that Torts talked to. And he has major concerns. And this is, in one respect, refreshing honesty from Torts, because I can't remember the last time that a Flyers coach was this refreshingly honest. I mean, uh, Big Al, Vigneault, had some some moments where he kind of did this, but he came off a little bit more asinine. This is more, okay, thank you. We all had major concerns, too, so you're not alone there, Torts. But, uh... It's also not something that you necessarily want to hear like a month before training camp even starts. Yeah, no, it's not. And see, that's the thing that has kind of, um, that is, what's the right word? Kind of struck a chord with me with these most recent comments. Like he said from the very start, when he first got hired, he said that he thought that there were issues with the locker room. But the fact that he's saying it again now after he's been in the office in Philadelphia, he's met with the players. Like now that he's like in the shit and he's saying it again, that makes me think, wow. Okay. So like, is it worse than he thought when he first got hired? And I wouldn't be sure. It, like, it doesn't sound like, um, you know, this doesn't sound like a situation where, it's just totally nuclear in the locker room, but it just, it does feel like there's a lot of issues that aren't not quite, you know, doomsday issues, but like there's a lot of little things that need to be fixed. Um, You know, accountability and um, just, you know, mainly that, because that's something the Flyers locker room has lacked in for quite a while now. Got to do a better job. I mean, they do though. And like, I'm glad they didn't do a better job since that one really good spurt uh, back in 2020, right before COVID really struck. Yeah. (laughs) COVID, yet again, we have to remind ourselves that the the universe hates the Flyers so much that it gave us a terrible respiratory illness just to keep the Flyers from succeeding. Yeah. No, we, we obviously know that's not the case, but it certainly feels that way sometimes. But, you know, also the Flyers make bad decisions, go fuck themselves. So here we are. Yeah. 
But like, no, it is refreshing to hear Torts say this because changes do need to be made. And listen, people can say what they want about Torts. Like, he is a good coach. And he is going to make changes in the locker room. Um, and you know what? Like, if this ends up being Vancouver Torts and not like Rangers or Lightning or Columbus Torts, then you know what? At that point, then the Flyers are on a path to be tanking. Like, you accidentally tanking. So yeah, no matter what happens, no matter no matter what happens, if we get Vancouver torts, the Flyers are going to be absolutely horrible and possibly in the running for a very high pick in this draft. And if he is as good a coach as he was with Columbus or New York or or Tampa, um, then at least we'll have actual tangible changes, positive changes being made. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. For sure. And I would prefer to just be shit this year because this looks like the draft where you want high picks. Right. And, you know, we all know Connor Bedard's out there and you gotta, you gotta blow it for Bedard, baby. You gotta blow it for Bedard. But that's, you know, John Tortorella is a guy who has been brought in with a task to see the Flyers succeed. And he's going to take that very seriously and do his best. And it's an interesting question on if the team will respond to that. Uh, A lot of the names from recent years have, you know, changed but we're still a a decent core that's in there and one of the guys that it's all really going to come down to is sean couturier sean couturier's health is you know between his contract kicking in his contract's a nice raise for him it's about a four million dollar a year raise or something like that three about three a season three million a season um so it's a nice raise for him but he's also the guy that i think has been one of the top three flyers for I don't know, past six, seven years, he's been one of the most important flyers. And without the fly, without Sean Couturier in the lineup, this is barely a hockey team. So his health is paramount. It is so, so important. I know Coots and Hayes spoke out earlier this week. Did they have anything important to say? I didn't really see the comments, unfortunately. So um, Hayes, Kind of. So basically one thing Coots said is that he is, um, and I included this in my article that came out uh, Friday, which is when we're recording this podcast. So you should go uh, read it because it's fucking good. Um, Over on BroadStreetHockey.com. BroadStreetHockey.com, baby. So basically Coots came out and said um, that he's, quote, feeling good and ready to go. And then he said, quote, I want to prove that I'm healthy again and I can be the player, be back to the player I was, maybe even better. So, like, he's cleared to play. He's officially cleared for action. Um, It doesn't sound like there's anything holding him back. And that is also the case for Kevin Hayes. Um, The problem with Kevin Hayes was that he had um, those two um, surgeries and then he never got back to himself because then he had that blood um, infection, which was causing him to not like just his body was all sorts of out of whack because of that infection. So that got rectified. And then when we started seeing Hayes at the end of the season, when he was playing a lot better, that was him more towards a hundred percent. And he said that this year is the first year he's felt a hundred percent during his like summer or his training portion of the summer. Um, in a while. So he's he's feeling good now, and hopefully he will be back to the Kevin Hayes that we saw in the 2019-20 season. So it sounds like both he and Coots are um, back to pretty much full health, but 
still, we you'd, you'd like to see a little bit of them in action before you can make that claim. Well, they're the two most vital guys right now because that's yeah. your leadership core, number one. Kevin Hayes, obviously, last year, they tried to bring in a good number of his buddies because they liked the influence he had on the locker room and his say had a lot of sway. And Sean Couturier is the best player on the soccer team. He's been one of the people that has been presumed to maybe be the next captain of the Flyers. I think Kevin yeah. Hayes is probably in the running. Sean Couturier, Scott Lawton gets mentioned a bunch. And those are probably your top three candidates right there. Uh, once upon a time, Ivan Provorov might have been mentioned. But he not only had those those really pissy comments at the end of last season, but also we found out this week he's a Mets fan. And no, sir. No, no. thank you. You get... You and Mr. Met, get the hell out of here. Get out of here. No. Like, listen, listen. I know not every every athlete that plays in a certain city is going to just abandon all their teams that they grew up watching just because they play for a new city. Like, that's fine. But don't, like, post it. If you're going to, like, if you, listen, if you're Ivan Provorov and you're a Mets fan and you like the Mets, it's okay to be a Mets fan and go to a Mets game. But don't be publishing that on, like, social media because people are going to get pissed. Like, yeah. your fans will be pissed at you. And right. I know that, like, sucks. Like, you want to be able to post that you're having a good time at the Mets game. But, like, it's not helping the situation at all. So, like, I don't know. That's kind of how I'm feeling about it and maybe i'm just maybe i'm just being a little whiner about it i don't know but there is a very clear guide to pandering to philadelphians and that's bryce harper bryce harper has pandered to yeah. philadelphians better than anybody in history this man is single-handedly despite the fact that he was a hated washington national and somebody who's known as like one of the prissiest guys in the league for lack of a better term here just like one of those guys like oh yeah he's just like a pretty boy like blah 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 this man has pandered so successfully from day one to Philadelphians, wearing old school Eagles gear, wearing that Sixers gear. And by the way, he's still a big Vegas Golden Knights fan. Okay. Yes, he yes. doesn't, he has always actually never even made that like no bones about it, but he's pandered so well with the other stuff and done all the stereotypical Philadelphia stuff. He gets like, he wears his fanatic headband. He gets cheesesteaks on his shoes. Like he does all the shit and he panders so successfully. So you don't have to do much. And I'm bro Ross case. Literally just don't say go Mets in your social media. But I really think this is a guy who's out of fucks right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, like, and I'm, I don't think he's out of fucks when it comes to hockey. Like, cause clearly he cares and clearly he does prepare himself and he stays in great shape. Um, but I, I do think he's kind of like, yeah, I don't care what the fans think. And it's like, eh, that's not that's a slippery slope in Philadelphia, brother. Like, you might wanna might wanna pump the brakes there. But it, it, going it just out feels like against the media, going out against like and this isn't necessarily a shot fired in the fan. And we're made, we know it's not actually a big deal. We're aware of that, but you know what? We yeah. also don't like to see it, because fuck the Mets. Yeah. No. They're a direct rival of the city you play for, so it's like, you know. Uh, you know who else panders really well? Tyrese Maxey. Oh, Tyrese Maxey is he's so a, a he's hero. so awesome. But he's also one of those guys who just has such an infectiously good personality. Yeah, because he's always smiling. He just seems like a blast. Like a just, he's just awesome. He just seems great. So he panders great, but he doesn't even really have to pander because he's also you know what he also has. He has a little bit of that Iverson where he's not the biggest guy. Yeah, uh, but he's got that spirit in him. He's got he's got that dog in him. Right, <laughs> the dog. 
He's got that dog in him. And he goes out there and he gives his all despite not being the biggest guy. And he's got that talent and he's just got a great attitude. So he's great. The funniest thing is Nick Sirianni tries to do the pandering. And that actually doesn't work. Sirianni tries really hard. And he'll wear the stuff for the other team. So wear the old school Eagles stuff. And people are just like, I don't really care, Nick. Yeah. Let's go win some football this. games, my guy. I will say this about Nick Sirianni. So first of all, I... I did not think I was going to like him. I have actually turned out to kind of like Nick Sirianni a lot. I actually am kind of a fan of him now, even though I hated him for a little while. But he does an interesting kind of pandering. He And I guess this isn't really pandering. I don't know what it is. But, like, he really panders to his own players. Like, he'll make T-shirts for, like, every player on the team, and he'll wear it. You know, like, I, I think he's worn T-shirts for – for Hertz and for, you know, AJ Brown and, and all these players on the Eagles and like he'll wear them to press conferences. And I think that's cool because it kind of like shows undying, unwavering support of his guys, which is which I can respect. I do like that about him. I, I really think he shows thoroughly that he's in their corner. He's there yeah. for them. And hopefully it works out well for him. And I know the odds are certainly in the Eagles favor right now when they the when Dak Prescott went down with an injury on Sunday night, the Eagles odds went from, I think, minus or plus 140 to minus 140. So their their odds for the division are pretty damn good right now. And if he wins that yeah. division and the uh, birds can win a couple playoff games, that will certainly endear you to the fans here. And, you know, as far as going back to the Flyers go, like John Tortorella knows that he knows that all you have to do is win, baby, win, and that will win the fans over. Torts, I'm sure, does not give one single solitary fuck no. about what we care about <laughs> not this. at all. He, he, but he knows, like he's played in some hard fan bases, like uh, the New York Rangers, despite you know playing in a train station and everything. Like you know, that's still a tough media environment. I think he wanted to strangle Larry Brooks every day over there, and. But he doesn't give a fuck. He just cares about, you know, winning those hockey games and what's going on with his team. So it's so interesting with Torts where he is a guy who he's a good fit because he's going to give the media quotes. But he also knows to not really, like, let them get to him too much and just do his thing. But this team is such a mess. I mean, major concerns really is such a great phrase for yeah. what we're going into. And... I do not envy him having to do this job this season. No. Well, so th I was actually going to touch on this earlier. I'm, so I'm glad you mentioned that. So like this season, it, and I just wrote this whole story about how the Flyers, if everything goes absolutely perfectly, could be a good competitive team this year. I don't think. That's the think... tops. That's the very best scenario. Exactly. They're not winning the cup this year. It's just not happening. And like, they're probably not making the playoffs this year, but uh, unless these like, you know, things happen, but like, they're probably not going to happen. But like one of the things that needs to work out for the flyers is torts kind of making the, like willing the flyers into contention, which he has done before. Now I think a lot of people are afraid of torts coming in and immediately making the flyers like just barely miss the playoffs, you know, like just by a hair. Um, oh, and that is I am of one of those people. I am well, that, very scared of that happening. That's a fear of mine, too, because like in this year's draft, you want to have a high draft pick. But here's the thing. When John Tortorella took over for the Blue Jackets in 2015, they finished the season dead last in the Metro. So like it's not 
it this season might not be an immediate like you know oh my god the Flyers are like a playoff bubble team wow like wow. this could be a very rocky year because the year after his um, inaugural season in Columbus then he had a 108 point year with the Blue Jackets and they were third in the Metro so that's kind of what's giving me a little bit of relief is knowing that like the flyers might still and it's so weird to say this like the flyers might still suck really bad this year which in my <laughs> opinion is good suck but, like, baby suck but like if they are bad this year and they get a really good player early in the draft then next year you still have the benefit of having tortorella around and they will be better than they were this year at least based off of previous patterns um, in precedent. Um, and then that can be the start of like building something that is an actual good hockey team. So that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. It's not a guarantee the Flyers are going to be a playoff bubble team and just barely miss out on the playoffs because they are so bad right now <laughs> that, that that just doesn't seem feasible. And there are so many problems with this team. It's true. But I mean, it who's going to score goals is one of the questions. Like you've got Cam Atkinson, JVR, and that's pretty much it. And then, the but JVR is not even good. Like I know he led. He's going to put up like twenty some goals. Like yeah, like just, I know he. Well, led the I, team I'm in just goals. saying, like that's th- that's all you have to score goals, and it's not like you have an Alex Ovechkin waiting out there. Or I would even take I don't know somebody who oh. put thirty goals like Wayne yeah. Simmons in prime. I, I thought you were saying that he's like one of the best players on the team, and I was like, is he? Like JVR? So now he's, I know what you mean. He's one of the best guys to score goals. I mean, yeah, he might be one of the, one of the best goals. players on the team. Have you seen this def chart? I mean, yeah. But, <laughs> Sheesh, but like dude, him it's, being it's not good. But what yeah. I'm trying to say is like that's bad that your top two goal scorers are Cam Atkinson and JVR. And then this defense is just a total, total yeah. shamble right now, where the entire right side doesn't play defense very well. Except for Justin Braun. I forgot. Justin Braun's back. He's back, Oh, baby. baby. It's all saved. Justin Braun's back. Oh, I was having so the much Braun fun The Braun is back in town. The Braun is back in town. No, no, no. Brawny. I can't talk about Justin Braun. I, I'm not ready for that. It's Next month, we can talk about Justin Braun every week. But anyway, the defense stinks. And also, I keep forgetting, they don't even have a goddamn backup goaltender. They didn't have any money to buy a backup goaltender because I guess they were wait they were just so dependent on Fedotov coming over and then the Russian yes. government said no yet the Russian government said yet and <laughs> he may or may not have signed unwillingly with CSKA Moscow for three seasons and I don't even want to get into the whole Fedotov thing because it's just upsetting and I feel so bad for the guy and might play a role in the draft with who's it uh, Barbashev next year or not Barbashev. Uh, Oh, Matvey Mishkov. Yes, that's it. I'm not going to repeat the pronunciation because I'm terrible with Russian pronunciations right there. (laughs) But that's a whole can of worms right there. But the Flyers don't have a goddamn backup goaltender, okay? Because Fedotov is stuck in Russia, and the other options are not good. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Troy Grosnick. Okay. Okay. I tweeted this last night. Not counting Carter Hart. Every single one of the goalies the Flyers currently have under contract have a combined nine total games of NHL experience. Troy Grosnick, I believe, has four games of NHL experience. Felix Sandstrom has five games of NHL experience. Um, 
Samuel Urson has zero games of NHL experience. And then the Ivan, Fedotov, Ivan Fedotov has no games of NHL experience. And even if he did, it doesn't matter because he's not playing this year or possibly ever in the NHL. Huzzah! <laughs> so, yeah, looking at all this, unless Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes are really super healthy and... I, you know, I don't really see any way this team's going to really compete. Yeah. I, well, so basically what I was mentioning in my story that I wrote is there are pretty much like five things that have to happen if the Flyers are going to be an actual good hockey team. They need better injury luck, which already isn't happening because Joel Farabee's missing at the very least pretty much all of training camp. And he's probably going to oh, miss I the forget. start of the regular season. Ryan Ellis. About that. Ryan Ellis has evaporated into thin air. He never existed, actually. He got blinked out of existence. Yeah. Sad. So they need significantly better injury luck, which they're not getting already. Young players need to take a step forward, which could happen, but like we don't know that that's going to happen. And that's a lot of, you know, that's putting a lot of eggs into one basket. Um, they need the veterans to rebound. So like, Couturier needs to be totally back to what he was. Kevin Hayes needs to be back to totally what he was. James Van Riemsdyk needs a resurgence. Travis Konechny and Ivan Provorov need to up their game a little bit. Even though I, I do respect Travis Konechny's season last year. He led the team in points. But like, still, I feel like there's more there with him. When he's at his best, he's a guy you notice. He's a guy yes. who's talking shit. He's getting in the other team's head. And he, you know, he's not necessarily a highlight real goal scorer, but he can pot some. And I feel like he's been just like a quietly decent player the past couple of years. But you really want him to be a true top six standout player. Yeah. But like, but we love you because things... we know you're listening, Jerk Store TK. You know, we just want you to be, you know, the actual Jerk Store. The, I, I just, the I, jerk store is all-time bestseller. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I fucking love TK so much. I, I want nothing more than for TK to just succeed in every way. Um, but, like, on top of those things, Carter Hart needs to play, like, a true number one goalie, which we don't – we've seen him do it in the 2019-20 season, but that was a few years ago now. Right. Um, in and theory, he can do it, but, you know, also yeah. who actually knows if – we think we know who the true Carter Hart is, but do we know – who the true Carter Hart is. We might not. We might not. But then the final thing on like the must-have list for the Flyers to be good is, is Tortorella coaching them to contention. And frankly, that's the only thing, that's the closest thing on of those five things that I mentioned that is like the most realistic thing of happening. I have doubts about, I love Carter Hart and I think he could be a number one goalie, but like with this team right now, it's hard to, you know, say that he will do that. Will the veterans rebound? Will they be totally 100% and not get hurt again? Will the young players take a step forward? Will they get better injury luck? That's a lot of huge question marks. Will all the top teams in the Metro fold overnight? That would be great. That's what it's it would take. be. Mainly, I just want to see. I mainly just want to see Pittsburgh, New York, New Jersey, New York. If they all folded, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. I'm yeah. okay with the Hurricanes. They can stay. Hurricane can stay. And I, I truly do not give a damn about the Washington Capitals at all. Except yeah, for like Tom games. Wilson. He's a he's a pretty much a war criminal right there. Not quite Scott <laughs> yeah. Stevens, but almost. I don't, yeah, I don't dislike really anyone on the Caps except for Tom Wilson. They're like, yeah. for, from what it, I know of the Caps, like, it's a great, um, 
uh, what's it called? Organization. Like cool. Yeah, seems like a good organization. Cool organization. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and we know how you feel about Columbus, my friend. We're not talking about them. <laughs> no Lumbus for Quinn no to talk about today. No Lumbus for you. <laughs> yeah. This no is not for you. you. Oh, my God. Well, you know. It's not going to be a pretty season, folks. But we're almost there. We're almost back to hockey. Still have to pick my my new secondary team right now because uh, eh, (laughs) I'm not going to enjoy watching these Philadelphia Flyers. But we'll see what happens. But currently, we are back in the thick of it with Birds season. Go Birds! Go Birds! are back. Won their first game a little closer with the Detroit Lions than I think anybody would have cared to have seen. But guess what? A win is a win. Got a tough matchup on Monday Night Football with the Minnesota Vikings. And I wanted to talk about one of the things I'm passionate about, and that's food. So, Quiggs, what is your go-to football game snack? Okay, so two things. Um, One of, well, all right, so... Pizza is num- number one by far. I think especially for best. a Monday night football matchup, like having yeah. a good hot pizza for that. Yes. It's now, the best food you on the planet. Toppings guy or no toppings? I always just get like pepperoni. Like I'm not really creative with my toppings. One of the classics. I go, I'm like a pepperoni or sausage guy and I don't really like to go more creative than that. Yeah. I always get either pepperoni or plain cheese. There you go. Yeah. And pizza's then, a must have. Yeah, and then wings also, um, because they're, I mean, it's wings. That's like the the football food. It is the football food. Now, how spicy go? Are we talking hot ones crying like want to die or mild? Like where do you fall? I'm a coward. I can only have like, <laughs> I can only, like if I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I only do like the, the lowest one on the thing. Like I can go hotter, but I just, I just enjoy not having my house, my mouth on fire. So no, and I hear you there. Like I like the flavor <laughs> that a hot sauce brings, but it does get to the point where you're like, I can't taste anything else. And I've got to chug a gallon of milk. None right. of this can be good for me. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it, it tastes like the hot stuff tastes good. But then after a while I can't taste it anymore because my right. mouth hurts so much. So I'm like, you well, know what? I'd rather be able to taste everything. And also when you got to poop out the hot stuff later, it's not fun. That's, Another big thing. Yeah. 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 It really is. Well, there's a image in your head, everyone, but we've already said Chucky poo trade. So, you know, we're talking about poop already, but with, with wings, I was also thinking you're talking about specifying the heat at Buffalo wild wings. There's a a great Chinese restaurant in Philadelphia, Han dynasty, uh, often called handy nasty, because when you look at the (laughs) word together, it looks like handy nasty. And at Han dynasty, when you get the Don Don noodles, they ask you what heat level you want on a scale of one to 10. And if you go anywhere from like one to five, that's like your coward level pretty much. And five and above is where you start to, I think the five is the default and it's a little spicy and get a little bit of heat. I kind of kick it down to a three cause I'm a coward and it's like a really nice bowl of noodles with a little bit of heat. It's nice. Uh, but five or above my buddy, Jeff would go in and he would get 10 and I'd always be like, are you insane? And we'd get this for work lunch sometime. So we'd head back and we'd go to the office and, the way our office was laid out, if you, uh, our stations were to the right, okay, when you walk in the front door, 
and the bathroom was to the left. And when he would get that 10, we'd walk in and he'd immediately start walking straight line to the left. Just long paces. <laughs> Man's in a hurry. Man is in a hurry because he got a 10 at Han Dynasty because he's an idiot. That is not, yeah. Yeah. So I not. used to work at Buffalo Wild Wings back when I was in like community college. And um, I, they like make you do like the hot wing challenge or whatever. Like that's like your, you know, initiation into being a server, which is the dumbest fucking thing. There should not be an initiation for being a server, but I digress. So um, you have to like eat like four or five of them. And I was like, I can't, I think that's the blazing wings is the hottest ones they have. And like, I don't even know if those are that hot compared to some other wings, but like I was struggling that entire night. (laughs) There was a time in my life where I'm like, yeah, give me the hottest shit possible. And I'm like a nice mild sauce with a side of ranch would be lovely. Yeah. No, I don't need anything. I don't need anything crazy. I want to enjoy what I'm eating. I want to enjoy what I'm eating. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the other day for the, the first game of the season, I tried a place. I tried it for the first time, but it's actually like down the street from me. Uh, which was nice, and uh, got classic cheesesteak, got a roast pork, got some fries, got some boneless wings. It was wonderful. But I like to get a little variety with my wings. I like to get some classic, either like mild buffalo or medium. And then uh, I like to get, if somebody's got a honey barbecue, I am a sucker for honey barbecue. Dude, honey barbecue, sweet barbecue, like, yeah. I had a hot honey barbecue. It was really nice. Oh, God. I want wings so bad right now. You have no idea. I'm killing us right here. Talking about wings, I might go out and order <laughs> some wings after all that for sure. So we'll we'll buzz through the rest of this. But uh, so for me, one of the ones we go to in the winter for football games, we'll make a nice uh, bowl of chili. So we'll start the chili pot in the morning or something like that. Let it cook down all afternoon and then have it like afternoon or evening. And that's awesome in the winter. And when the Eagles run their Super Bowl run a few years back, we had to we made chili for the first playoff game and then we were stuck making chili for every playoff game. So by the end of that run, Emily was so goddamn sick of making chili. She's like, "I'm done. I can't make chili for a long time. Sorry, man." <laughs> it's not an easy thing to make. It's it's it takes time and care and tender loving care. And also it's hearty. It's a lot to eat. It's really nice every now and then to have a nice bowl yeah. of chili and some, I don't know, rice or something like that. And it, but you know, you have beans, you have meat, you have broth, you have peppers. Like there's so much that goes into it and it is so it's filling, very filling, but yeah, it is a lot. It's intense. And then when you make a big batch of chili, you're kind of eating that for the next like week or so. And <laughs> imagine doing that for like a month straight. It was, <laughs> It was rough, but superstition dictated that chili needed to be made for every game. We also oh, yeah. have you have to. We have people over for every game, so at least they were helping us out with that. Yeah, no, I mean superstition. Like at that point, I would have done the exact same thing, so I can't blame you. Now another big one for me. I'm a huge nacho guy. I love nachos. Now it's not always a great order from a restaurant food though because the chips will get soggy a lot of the time especially from shittier places so i like to make some i got the air fryer set up right now so you just gotta layer those chips properly and chips and cheese you gotta get the layers in there so you get the gooey cheese throughout but just a real basic like you know like a salsa verde or something like that I, i really like salsa verde and sour cream maybe some black beans cheese obviously 
copious amounts of cheese. And if I can get some fresh, like, Mexican restaurant chips, that's the way to go. Oh, yeah. Like, the chip changes everything. And, like, I will say this. Like, at sporting events, when you get those, like, kind of shitty nachos with, like, the... Oh, with the discs. Yeah, the di- like I don't hate the discs, honestly. I can get by with the disc, I think. When you're drunk at a sporting event, that's perfectly fine. Just give me a yeah. disc and cheese. Yeah, it's fine. But like even sober, I can I can, you know, I can do with that. Oh wow. Wow. Now, now there's one other one that you have listed here. Yeah. That is a, I don't quite associate this with football, but plead your case to me. I know this is technically like People probably think of this as like a, a baseball food, but hot dogs are perfect. Like, you can have it at any sporting event, and it makes sense. Like, they're good, and they're they're filling, and they're, they're I don't know. They're just I don't know. Like, it, like when I'm watching football, I want to have either wings, pizza, or, or, or some hot dogs, and you know. Now we're talking I, at home, right? Because obviously, for a tailgate, a hot dog is a fantastic food because you exactly. can eat it one-handed and just wolf it down. But at home, it's a different situation with eating a hot dog. I rarely have hot dogs at home. Yeah, well, and I used to have it a lot at home, but like now, and I'm kind of taking the whole tailgating aspect into this as like consideration because like some of my best football memories are when like me and my good friend Matt go to like in Eagles game in DC against the now commanders. And um, we will be tailgating. Always be the football team in my heart. Yeah. But we'll be tailgating out in the parking lot. We make a bunch of hot dogs and burgers. And like, we're, we got so much shit. We just start giving people food. Like, Hey, you want a dog? And we just toss them at him. Like fucking Joe Namath. (laughs) I do love just like sharing food and drinks with people like that. One of my favorite memories was, after the Eagles won the Super Bowl and we were just uh, going streaking up Broad Street, this guy, it was a, a friend's brother who I'd never met before. He shows up and we're like, oh, this is my brother, Rod. And I'm like, oh, hey, Rod, how's it going, man? Go birds. And we're all happy. And he goes, he opens up his coat and he goes, you want a Corona? And he has a, like, <laughs> a shit ton of Coronas lining his jacket. And I'm like, yeah. It's, it's so awesome. That so was good. like, oh, man. It, that, that week after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, has to... Like, I wasn't in... I went to Philly for the parade. That had to have been the happiest, most united the city has ever been. Like, oh, just yeah. unbelievable. Oh, it's, it's still the best. Uh, my favorite from the parade was I... Because I live pretty close to Broad Street. And I made a cocktail for myself in, like, a big red Solo cup. And the guy goes, what are you drinking? I'm like, it's a rum and Coke. He goes... I'll buy that from you for 10 bucks. I'm like, sold. (laughs) I just ran home and made myself another. Jesus. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I remember at the, uh, what was it? It was at the, uh, the parade, the Super Bowl parade. I was like standing like right on the, right on broad with, um, there were like, you know, bunch of, bunch of Eagles fans everywhere. And there were like these, like three, like, they had to be 13 year old kids. They were like, I mean, little kids and they were all just down in Corona. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> that's, that's as Philly as it gets right there. Yeah. I was like, let's go boys. Drink. Let's go up. fucking go. Uh, go birds. I'm pumped. Go birds. Absolutely. One more. I wanted to mention, I didn't even think about this before I put the list together. 
one of my favorites is like a pulled pork or pulled chicken, like a barbecue pulled yeah. pork or barbecue pulled chicken. You put that sucker in the crock pot all day, and then when you eat that later, oh, it's one of my favorites. I love pulled pork. It's a spiritual experience, yeah. It truly is a spiritual experience. You get a nice potato roll, and sadly, my favorite potato roll is one I'm currently protesting, but yeah. Pepperidge Farm makes a nice one. So Pepperidge Farm or Concha Hawk and Bakery, I think, makes a nice one that uh, Mike's Barbecue is using right now. Shout out to all the places I like, and uh, not shout out to my favorite roll, which I am protesting. But anyway, potato roll is really the way to go. A little cheddar cheese. Oh, I'm... So ravenously hungry now talking about all this, and I hope you are too. And I'm sorry, not sorry about that. And is Cole Beasley still in the NFL, or did he get kicked out yet? I don't know. Maybe he, I don't know. I have no idea. Is Cole Beasley in the NFL? He is a free agent. Cole Dixon Beasley. His middle name is Dixon. Isn't that D-I-C-K-S-O-N? like D I C K S O N? I'm like 99% sure that that is some sort of. Like paying homage to someone in the Confederacy. Oh my God. The son of dicks. <laughs> the son of dicks. Oh, folks, I think if there's ever been a note to leave on, that's the one right there. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. Glad to be back. We'll be back weekly through the rest of the year and beyond. Oh, baby, we are back. If you have any feedback for us, the place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. Quakes, where can people find you on Twitter? You got anything to plug? You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. And make sure to read my story about the Flyers and how they can be competitive, but they probably won't be. <laughs> can and <laughs> won't. There we go. Check it out on BroadStreetHockey.com. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Bomb. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow BSH Radio. There's a bunch of other fucking social media stuff. You know, go check it out. Cool beans. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you all. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Well... Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow.